Hello, and welcome to the Green Minds podcast. Showcasing the science, stories and solutions behind climate change with Phoebe Scott, Alex Miller, Lottie Flashness and Guy Wilkinson. Hello and welcome to this episode of the IB Green Minds podcast. My name is Phoebe Scott and today I'm joined by Ria Mazandar Singhal, founder and CEO of EcoWare, India's first and largest sustainable food packaging company. Ria has been awarded the Nari Shakti Puraskar, the highest civilian honour for women by the President of India. She is a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader, an Asia 21 Young Leader, and an active member of two Indian Industry National Committees. Prior to EcoWare, Ria was a senior sales executive in the oncology team at Pfizer UK. She has attended the University of Bristol, Oxford and Harvard. Ria, thank you so much for joining me on the Green Minds podcast today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. To kick off the episode today, would you mind talking us through your career to date and how you've got to where you are today with EcoWare? Of course. So Phoebe, EcoWare was founded in 2009 on three guiding principles. One being that I wanted to create something that was safe for the environment and and for humanity. Being a pharmacologist, I I was well aware of uh, the risk factors as far as certain lifestyle diseases and just other diseases were concerned. And I think there was a lot, there's a lot of evidence now to show that when you put hot food in a plastic plate, it's not good for you, right? Ultimately, um, it does cause disease. And I was just honestly shocked when I moved to India in 2009 to see that people were so freely eating out of plastic. We had no waste segregation system uh, we still don't we don't really have much formal waste management and literally everything that we use just ends up in the landfill so the idea behind EcoWare our first guiding principle was obviously something that was that didn't change the nutritional value of the food that you put in it and uh, was not going to end up in our ever-growing landfills and harm the environment so safety was paramount the second was that we're a very purpose-driven organization so everything that we did and continue to do had to create impact and I'm happy to come on and share more details around our impact story a little later and the third was authenticity because there's so much greenwash out there and we wanted to make sure that we right from the start were seen as a genuine solution so you know and again I'm happy to go into that a little bit more in detail as well so EcoWare was founded on those three guiding principles. And what we do is that we take agricultural waste, such as wheat, rice, and sugarcane, and through a thermal-forming process, we basically convert it into packaging. We've created a brand new experience for the food and beverage industry. Our portfolio products include sort of plates, bowls, cups, trays, takeaway packaging. And the idea is that we want to displace as much single-use plastic as possible with plant-based alternatives. And the beauty of EcoWare, you know, the three things that I personally love about it is one, that it's 100% plant-based. So it's the most natural thing that you could consume your food out of. The second is that it's backyard biodegradable. So as I mentioned, we don't have waste segregation. We don't have formal waste management. So if you have access to a garden pit or a compost pit or, you know, just you could dig a hole, you put any of our products in there, you cover it with soil and it breaks down into soil in 90 days. So even if it were to end up in a landfill, it's not going to sit there and outlive you forever like plastics typically do. And the third thing I absolutely love about it is that it sustains a temperature range from minus 20 to 180 degrees. So for someone who uses it, it's just so versatile. You can use it in the microwave, the oven and, you know, the refrigerator and the fridge as well. 
so that's the product. And, you know, we've obviously focused a lot on the F&B industry in the last 11 years. And now we're moving forward. We're looking at supporting different industries and just understanding who those are and how we can help them reduce their plastic footprint. You touched upon the point around single-use plastic in terms of a potential health risk, as you mentioned. Were there any other reasons why you particularly wanted to focus upon single-use plastic when founding EcoWare? I just, you know, honestly, I think that there's we lack awareness as a society, as a nation, as a country. And I wanted to create that awareness, you know, and I think that people should minimise their exposure to plastic. People should certainly reduce the usage of plastic as I think there's so much more awareness now on the negative impact it has on our health and the environment. And that was the idea. It's just that, you know, we I wanted to create something, like I said, that was safe for humanity and the environment. Just delving a bit more deeply into EcoWare, and I touched upon this when I introduced you, but EcoWare is India's first and largest sustainable food packaging company. It would be great to find out a bit more about your business model and how you've managed to occupy this dominant position in the market. Absolutely. So, you know, you're right. We create an industry that never existed before. In 2009, when I founded EcoWare, we were the first people to set up such an industry and create such a product in India. And the idea behind that was that, you know, we are a biomass rich nation. You know, we, we have an uh, immense amount of raw material that can be used. And, and we wanted to keep up carbon footprint low and create a solution that was a local solution for what was a local problem. We've grown very quickly in the last 11 years and our focus has been, we've spent a lot of time on creating awareness and education because when we started, none of our stakeholders even understood what it meant for a product to be biodegradable, what it meant for a product to be compostable. And we've had to spend a lot of time educating all our stakeholders on what that actually looks like, right? We've created industry standards. There were absolutely no industry standards that govern what we did as well. And so we've had to create those. We've looked at, we've invested very heavily in global certification. And so to create that framework, to create that in those industry standards for our brand story as well. And I feel that basically we've done really well in key cities, but I think to penetrate the country and move sort of, you know, not just from tier one, but to tier two, tier three cities as well, we have to spend, we have to carry on educating and creating awareness and I think also the other thing is that being 1.3 billion people we've obviously got quite a large task in front of us. You'll see that EcoWare's grown from proof of concept to demand and excess of supply in a very short period. Right, We were much ahead of our time when we introduced biodegradable food packaging. As I mentioned we set the first plant up in India dedicated to eco-friendly food packaging and the company's grown from sort of what we had five customers in 2009 to over 400 customers in you know 2021 we have 27 distributors across india that span from kashmir all the way down in the north down to kerala in the south you know we displaced over 150 million pieces of single-use plastic in our journey and what we're now seeing also is we've started exporting a fair amount to the middle east to canada to australia latin america and our focus is to also now to build a strong presence in international markets and for me, it's I want EcoWare to become that household name for safe, eco-friendly food packaging, just like Dettol is synonymous with hygiene. It's really interesting to hear how much EcoWare has developed from 11 years when you started to now. And obviously, you've really tapped into an unknown market at the time, but as you said, ahead of your time. And it's 
gone really well so far. So that's really great to hear. And you obviously touched upon the numbers of single-use plastic that you've been able to displace throughout the years with EcoWare. If you wouldn't mind just expanding a bit more on that in terms of how big do you think single-use plastic still is for India as a whole nation? You mentioned that you're currently focused on Tier 1. What percentage of total single-use plastic is in Tier 1 cities versus Tier 2, Tier 3, more rural living areas as well? There are two things I see that we've got to we've, we've got to look at, right? It's one that India generates nearly 26,000 tons of plastic waste every day, right? Making it, what, 15th biggest plastic polluter globally. And a lot of that is single-use plastic. It's not just about what we've made, what we've consumed, and what is single-use plastic, but I think our challenge at the other end is the fact that, like I said, we have no formal waste management. You know, we don't segregate our waste. You know, that's a problem for most Southeast Asian countries, not just India. Like I said, we've got a Herculean task ahead of us because we, and we've only, you know, skimmed the surface with EcoWare in the last 11 years because we've had to spend, like I said, a lot of time educating. We start from scratch. None of our stakeholders understood what we were doing or had ever seen a product like ours before. And quite a large part of our journey has been sort of setting the scene and creating a a market to start from. But I think what we've also seen is that in the last few years, there's been a lot of awareness around the negative impacts of single-use plastic. So instead of pushing this product out in the market, there's now a lot of inbound inquiries because of the spike in awareness. And we're seeing that globally. Not just in India, like people want to make better choices, people want to live healthier lifestyles. The entire growth around the food and beverage industries in the good for you space, right? It's natural, it's organic, it's good for you. And we need to make sure that packaging stays on par with that trend, basically. So I think that we've got to realize is that we're one, like I said, we're 1.3 billion people and we've got a lot of work yet still to be done. And I think also. Another challenge for us in India is that when you look at the food sector, you've got the organized food sector. So you've got, you know, your Starbucks and your Cinnabons, et cetera. But then you've also got the unorganized sector, which is like your your street food vendors. And so we really want to get everybody on board. And we're trying our best in terms of market offerings, making it more commercially viable, making, you know, scaling our production as well to make the product more available to everybody. As you mentioned, it's very much about a holistic approach and trying to target all different channels and and all different types of vendors with EcoWare. You mentioned the good for you space is obviously key for consumer demand right now, and that's where companies want to situate themselves. Do you think that this relates to the climate crisis as well? Do you think that people are aware of the links between single-use plastic and obviously oil demand and global warming, or that's still more nascent? It's more about, I want to drink oat milk because I think it's healthier, or use um, reusable packaging versus a single-use plastic packaging. So I think as a business, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, I'm very vocal about the fact that you've got to realise that your consumer is changing right? It's no longer the previous generation. This new generation that's coming in is the Greta Thunbergs of the world. They're extremely well-connected. They're well-educated. They are aware. And they're not going to accept any greenwash. And I always challenge businesses to say that, are you ready to sell to this new consumer? Because they will question and they will align. And we're seeing more of this. We're seeing there's a lot more alignment of consumer choices and behavior towards more responsible businesses. So as a business, you've got, to see, you've got to see sustainability as an opportunity and you've got to adapt yourself to that. How? If you want to be around in the future, 
And I think also from a climate perspective, I mean, we're seeing extreme weather patterns across the world. So if you think that's not going to affect your productivity, I think you're in severe denial, to be honest. Now, when you look at it the other way, as a as an individual and as a consumer, I can tell you I'm a mother of two children. My kids are nine and seven, and I only want to bring the good stuff into my home and, and put it on my table. I wouldn't do anything otherwise. And there's a lot of there's a lot of awareness, you know, from in, in the last two, three years on the negative impacts of single use plastic. So we're seeing a lot more documentaries out, we're seeing a lot more we're seeing a lot more students, we're seeing you know, we're seeing the education system also bring more awareness to this. We're seeing the media cover the negative impacts on marine life, you know, whether you're looking at plastics, whether you're looking at biodiversity, whatever it is. I mean, there's certainly a lot more conversations that are happening now. And so, yes, people are certainly worried about the climate crisis. There's no doubt about that. I think it's, it, it, it's ultimately it's all interconnected, right? Whether you're looking at air pollution, plastic pollution, like I said, biodiversity, it's, it is all interconnected and falls under the larger umbrella that is the climate crisis. Absolutely. That's a really important point to be made. It is really important to think about it as a whole Earth system, essentially, and we're all living on one planet together. And it's important to reduce our wasteful consumption in that sense and think more sustainably in business solutions like EcoWare, which are more sustainable for the planet. And I'm actually just curious, touching on the back of that and single-use plastic, do you think COVID has harmed or helped your mission? Obviously, you've seen a lot of news stories recently about face masks in the ocean is kind of polluting the seas and obviously just PPE, so healthcare workers' equipment is disposable because of the COVID-19 risk. Have you found more opportunities in supplying biodegradable food packaging in that sense or it's been more tricky because people have reverted back to plastic in some scenarios? So with COVID, what we saw is that basically um, there was this linkage, right? People's People believe that single use equates to hygiene and hence reduces the risk of cross infection. So there's certainly a lot we're seeing this we've seen a massive spike in the use, single use post COVID. And as a business basically we're saying that look, don't regress using plastic when there are better alternatives available. We've seen guidelines from C D C in the US, which is a center of disease control, to say that even towards restaurants and, and food and beverage outlets to say that once you do open, please use single use. And for us personally in India, we've seen another consumer sort of evolve and another customer segment because when people have been isolating or when they've had COVID or when they've been locked down, we've seen a massive spike in our sales because it's just, you know, you can eat out of ecoware, you can microwave it and you can it very safely I mean it's not going to harm you or the environment or the rest of your family that you might or anyone that you're coexisting with so we've seen that sort of emerge that customer segment emerge and I think also another thing for us is that when you look at the food and beverage industry over the last 12 months people have changed the way they're operating it's mostly deliveries it's been people have kind of moved into sort of cloud kitchen models and there's been a huge need for takeaway packaging and that's been our focus so you know, we, we've spent a lot of time working with home chefs, you know, single owner businesses to say, as well as the larger chains, you know, to say that, look, if you, if you need to use single use, there are better alternatives. Don't regress using plastic. But COVID has certainly been a positive opportunity for us. It's nice that people are buying into the message and maybe 
obviously at first it's very easy to regress into thinking as you said single-use plastic is more hygienic but with more convincing and more education and building awareness then hopefully EcoWare can change that which is really positive and I was also just curious as a company obviously you're a sustainable company you developing a sustainable alternative to single-use plastic but in terms of your internal operations for example relating to carbon emissions how do you account for and minimize your own carbon emissions in your supply chain and your operations for us everything like i said is procured locally our raw material we sit on one of the largest sugar our, our factory is located on one of the largest sugar belts in india and everything we procure is from sort of a 150 kilometer radius right so we, we try to keep we're very conscious of that uh, in terms of the vendors that we work with and how we procure and who we procure from and, um, you know, just in terms of our operations, we have a zero waste process. So if anything, any of the pulp or product that doesn't pass quality control is recycled and fed back into the manufacturing process. Any, there is no water wastage because it's all cleaned and then sort of recycled and reused. So there are zero emissions, basically. And I think also when we supply, what we encourage is that for our buyers to always procure sort of truckloads of material, again, to help reduce carbon emissions and just optimise logistics. Yeah, that's really good to hear that you're integrating this into your whole business model. Another point which you kind of touched on briefly regarding expanding internationally, but I was also curious to hear about if you had any precise targets over the next five to ten years about the number of countries that you want to be selling into or different product mixes, maybe you want to expand your product range. It would be great to hear if you had any plans in that space. So we obviously want to expand geographically. This year, we've got a lot of our certification that will help us enter global markets. So we've got the OK Compost, which is a big thing for the UK and EU as a brand and as a product. And we've also got our BPI certification, which helps us enter North America as a market. Now, these are three very big markets for us. In fact, we've, you know, we, we're slowly establishing our presence in the UK. We've got a second container of material that's being shipped out as we speak. And we're hoping that we can really kind of build our presence globally because, you know, single-use plastic is a global problem and we want to be a global solution. And that's sort of for our existing range. So, you know, like I said, F&B for us has been a focus for the last 11 years. And I think that's growth there sort of plug and play and a bit of a no-brainer to make shapes and sizes or different molds of product for that segment and that industry is not an issue at all. I think the exciting thing now as we move forward is certainly looking, like I mentioned earlier, is looking at different industries. So one of our focuses is one of the industries that I'm really keen on is uh, the medical industry. And we've seen that, you know, like I said, there has been an absolute spike in single use post-COVID. So we're looking to see how we can support the medical industry with raw materials such as ours to help make products that you know, they're currently using in plastic. And we're doing similar things for e-commerce as well. So we're now looking to sort of grow, you know, across industries as well. That's really exciting and great to hear that you're yeah, looking to expand across different industries and obviously different continents as well. Just moving on to this notion of the circular economy, which is a key element of your business model. Obviously, as you mentioned, it's backyard biodegradable, the eco-wear product. Do you think that it will ever get to the point where we reach a truly circular economy worldwide? Or is this more of a pipe dream, sadly? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. You know, as a, I feel like as a small, medium enterprise, if we can show that 100% of our revenue is derived from a circular economy and we 
are profitable, I don't see why every other business out there can't do it. I think it's the need of the hour. I think we need to move away from linear to circular. And, you know, I touched upon this earlier as well. Like I said, our, our consumers are changing. The market is changing. And we as businesses have to see sustainability as an opportunity. I understand for large scale industries, that's not always possible to make that shift immediately. But, you know, I feel that the commitments that they make should be more realistic to say that we're banning straws 20 years from now or five years from now. I, I don't think is, is, is really sensible at all. I think that, you know, you've got to have some you've got to be serious about it. And I think that's what's important and serious about the commitment that you're making and actually follow that through. And I, I think that we've got to change the way we operate. And I, like I started going back to sort of the larger industries, I think that there are so many smaller, medium enterprises like mine, you know, like-minded entrepreneurs that are doing things differently, that are making positive impacts. And I think that we can easily be incorporated into supply chains and operations for larger industries to help them. So I, I, I don't see why... I don't see what's stopping us, to be honest. And I think that I think the longer you wait, I think you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So this is here to stay and it needs to be done. An interesting point you made around larger enterprises using SMEs capabilities in particular areas of the circular economy to build up their own capacity in that area. So hopefully we see more and more MNCs doing that to be really productive. And I just wanted to turn to ask you a few questions about the startup space. And obviously now, as you mentioned, you probably would categorize yourself as a very well-established business. You're more of an SME than a startup. But obviously, when you started, you had a lot less customers, as you mentioned. How important do you think startups or small to medium enterprises are in innovation in combating the climate crisis? I think small, medium enterprises and I think entrepreneurs are the need of the hour. You know, I'm privileged to be a part of a lot of networks. And literally, that is all I see. It is the entrepreneurs out there that are making the difference they're tackling climate crisis and you know they need the support in terms of to scale whether it is financial whether it's helping getting product to market whether it's a mentorship whatever it is it's these guys out there that are making the difference so you know i think that startups are extremely important and i always say that you know the rest of the world sees a situation or a problem and they see it as a problem where the entrepreneur sees exactly the same thing and they see a solution and they see a market opportunity. So I think we, you know, startups and entrepreneurs are essential in combating the climate crisis. I think it's really important to kind of have thinking about solutions rather than thinking about problems. And just moving on a bit from that, as you mentioned, obviously, innovation is really important, thinking about solutions. However, the scalability and commercial viability are also extremely important for sustainable startups and entrepreneurs in the space. Just thinking about the intersection of public versus private, to what extent are government policies and subsidies useful in helping these startups to grow? I don't know if you've had any experience with those yourself or maybe private sector grants as well or those kind of capital injections. So in terms of government, we've had no policy or subsidy that's helped us, right? We, as an organization, started before any sort of, you know, awareness campaigns or plastic bans being enforced, et cetera, even happened in India. And I think one of our challenges in India is the fact that a lot of bans come into place, but they're not enforced. I mean, we came in before there was any sort of seriousness or conversation around the harmful effects of single-use plastic. I definitely think the government can do more. Even last year when they 
they can incentivize businesses to behave differently. They can certainly support green businesses uh, more than they do other businesses. I mean, you know, last year we had a COVID, a financial relief package uh, that was announced because of COVID and there was no distinction between a business like mine or a polluting business that was, you know, just doing the opposite of what we're doing. So I think a space needs to be carved out for responsible businesses. And I think that's important. We have, in terms of grants, we received two grants last year for the recognition of the work that we've been doing. One was from Unreasonable Impact in partnership with Barclays, and they were supporting businesses that were tackling the long-term effects of COVID-19. And the other grant that we received was from Expo 2020, you know, again, for commitment towards negating single-use plastic. As you mentioned, it's quite disheartening to hear that government policies are perhaps lagging slightly and it's difficult for SMEs like yourself to really break that new ground in some cases when government policies aren't fully backing you or aren't fully enforced, in fact. But it's also useful to hear that private capital has been taking notice as well and you've been receiving grants in, in that respect. Just turning slightly onto another aspect, which is the fact that you're female and female entrepreneurs are sadly historically rarer than male entrepreneurs. And how have you found navigating setting up your own business as a woman and maturing EcoWare into the well-established business it is today? And I was also wondering if you had any tips for other women in similar positions. Sure. So I moved to India in 2009. I had never lived here as an adult. And I suddenly had no sense of, you know, living in Delhi and what it would take to run a business. So I think to set up a consumer business at the age of 27 in a space that I had no idea about was certainly challenging. And I, didn't, I don't think being a woman helped in any way or form. I think we've seen even for support, be it financial or just mentorship, et cetera, just the recognition of other women entrepreneurs have been completely lacking. That landscape is changing, but very slowly. And I think that we have to accelerate our efforts and our focus on women entrepreneurs because the impact of COVID-19 on businesses certainly has, is not gender neutral, right? So I have, in my 11-year journey, I wear very different hat and I'm I've been doing a lot of work with CII, which is the Confederation of Indian Industries. I've been on their National Committee for Women Empowerment. I led a subgroup on improving the role of women in manufacturing, which is something that I'm very passionate about because I feel that, you know, we could have every campaign of making India, et cetera, going on. But I think unless we get our women to contribute to the economy and bring them up to the workforce, it's just not going to happen. The other role I currently have right now is I'm the chairperson of the Indian Women Network in the northern region. So I look after Delhi, Rajasthan, Punjab and Haryana, so that's four states. And we work very actively to support women entrepreneurs in terms of upskilling, you know, just a lean-in circle, whether you're looking at women who are, you know, more advanced in their professional careers, just creating awareness, sensitization, and just basically help improve the working environment in every way possible for women so that there are more women coming in and most importantly there are more women we're not losing women either so they're staying in the economy basically hopefully all of these different schemes actually as you said help to maintain engagement of women in the long term and obviously the point around covid and unequal time poverty for women i think is definitely a key thing to think about in how to combat that in the long term and ensure that we build a new generation of female entrepreneurs, particularly in areas where more innovation is needed. Just to conclude our episode, we ask a couple of questions to all our guests. And 
I was just wondering if you had any words of advice for any of our listeners interested in a career in being an entrepreneur in the sustainable space or potentially commercialising their own idea related to sustainability and climate change thematic. So, look, I believe that, like I said, entrepreneurship is essential. I think we are tackling, you know, some of the largest problems the world faces today. My advice is that whatever you're doing, make sure that sustainability is built into your business model because that's only going to add value moving forward, right? And please make sure you are purpose-driven. So everything that you do must create impact, whether it is social, health, environmental, whatever it is, but be impact-driven because I think that's really important. And I think that the, the idea is that there are now, it's, it's a great time to be an entrepreneur right now because there are a lot of initiatives, there's a lot of support networks, there's a lot of recognition in this space. There are a lot of conversations that people are having as well. And that's really important when you look at support that's required in your journey. So I think that, you know, if it's something that you want to do, this is a great time to do it. Thank you. That's really great advice. I'm sure our listeners will take all that on board. Just lastly, if you wanted our listeners today to take away one thing from this episode of the Ivy Green Minds podcast, what would you want it to be? One thing that's so difficult. I would say that, you know, I, I believe in the saying that be the change that you want to see in the world, right? And as an entrepreneur, I'm hungry for that change. So I don't rely on anyone else to initiate or to create that for me I will you know and and the idea is that if you want something to change go out and do it if you want to behave you want to create a change in behavior go out and change that you're in the driving seat so you know this has to be initiated by you thank you Ria that's a really inspiring message to end on and hopefully everyone will go away and take that into their own lives moving forward just to conclude thank you so much for coming on the podcast today it's been lovely to speak with you Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.